Hello everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Coaching Conversation. In this series, we're aiming to help business owners, business leaders and fellow coaches by sharing our experience and the experience of our guests who've coached people all around the world in all of different sectors and industries that you can imagine. So very little more to say other than do please now sit back, relax and enjoy this edition and look out for a special offer for our loyal audience at the end of the programme. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Coaching Conversation. And I'm really pleased to say that this week I'm joined by my friend Mike Andrews who is an Executive Resilience Coach because this week's subject is all about resilience in the workplace. Mike, welcome to the Coaching Conversation and perhaps you'd let our audience have a little insight as to who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Good afternoon, Graham, and thank you very much for having me on today. Uh, yeah, Mike Andrews. I'm from the not-so-sunny uh, Manchester in England. Um, I have been uh, an accredited uh, resilience coach for a couple of years now. Um, I'm also a certified hypnotherapist, so they they dovetail nicely into the personal improvement space. But yeah, my my background over the last 30 years or so, Graham, is all in, in field sales, so I was a performance development manager and a, a field team leader in predominantly in the pharmaceutical industry for many, many years. Um, but now I'm focusing on my own business now as a, a resilience coach. So getting down to basics, Mike, how do you define resilience? A good question, because uh, resilience is a, a trait um, that... Um, so many people are talking about and saying we need more of it these days. So, so what exactly is it if we know we need it? But there are many. I've I've seen a lot of of useful and accurate um, terms for what resilience actually is. But I think my preferred definition of resilience, Graham, is it's a process, a process of of adapting to to significant protracted or even momentary um, sources of stress. And it's how quickly we, we can learn and grow from that, even in the most traumatic experiences. And then we we get up and we, we move forward and we progress as people, as teams. So it is the uh, literally how we bounce not only back when we're, we're, we're knocked off track in life, inside and outside of work, but how we literally bounce forward and grow from it, become stronger as a result of it. Thanks, Mike. I understand that. What attracted you what made you specialize in this area well having been a leader of a team and then also um i was heavily involved with skill delivery uh, when i was a performance development manager is uh, i've had the the privilege over many many years to work with and have people work with me and for me who were who were very skilled talented um they they seem on the outside fairly confident certainly observably competent but it's it was amazing how often i would uh, perceive and and they would share with me their their lack of of confidence and what fascinated me was this sort of where was this psychological interference um in, in the performance world as you know people tend to define if you could cause it an equation our best performance is all our skills our experience and our motivation sort of but 
with the baggage of what's the psychological interference, what's 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 putting the handbrake on how people perform and operate well. And that's when I moved into the personal improvement space, either on a more deeper subconscious level with feelings and emotions with um, with hypnotherapy. But I, I really felt I, I, I felt compelled to do this on a, on a bigger scale with teams and companies and organizations because because personal improvement, when you do it more than once, it it, 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 it equates to team improvement. Yeah, it does. The, the more the individuals are able to perform naturally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There'll be a lot of coaches, Mike, <laughs> listening to this, watching this. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that equation. Performance equals potential minus interference. Yeah. Uh, it's like an in-joke, isn't it? But we've, we've, all, we've all got that particular. Yeah. You know, when you think to your own life where perhaps you do some sport or whatever and you go out there and you start doing your running or your football or whatever it is, and there's noises in the head saying, what are you doing here? You could be down the pub. Why are you doing yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet we still do, though, Graham. That, that's the fascinating part of all this. That's what I got involved with it. So what would a typical client of yours look like? Well, there'd be a client that recognises that there is, you know, a correlation before, you know, a healthy, happy, psychological and physiologically happy, fit and healthy team and how they perform, you know, how they 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 will be um, – they will understand that that within their organizations, within their markets, they are from time to time, you know, frequently um, exposed to forms of stress, whether it's workload or there are other, you know, uh, situational realities that can't be um, necessarily fixed there and then, that their teams, their individuals within the organization are going to experience some significant forms of stress, which may or may not impair, A, how they perform, and in in worst case scenarios, they, they they can feel somewhat overwhelmed by various forms of of stress and pressure. So, so that's sorry. sorry. Go, on. go on, finish, please. And so so yeah, I mean, I I can imagine most organisations out there are, are coming, are, are recognising and certainly experiencing the um the knock on effect of of mental health issues that that come in the workplace even if the workplace wasn't necessarily the, the the source of that stress or that that mental health issue you know we're all human beings it the work work and at the workplace isn't an emotion-free environment no. so so you know whether inside or outside of work we are all susceptible to stress yeah. What I'm saying is that the the the, the kind of clients I'm, I'm working with are the ones that recognise that there needs to be, if not an intervention, would get ahead of where stress can impact on a team or an organisation, and proactively teach people to 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 deal with it more, thrive than survive. So when you get past the the client relationship and get down to the individual or the team members. Yep. What, what sort of challenges do you find the individuals facing? Well, often things like um, work-life balance, you know, j- just the, the general slog of life combined with different elements of work when they're feeling overwhelmed, just generally not knowing how to cope 
when the going does genuinely get tough and, and stress is is all about individual perception as well. So it's different for everybody. But but when when people or or or, or team leaders notice that there is now more pervasive, you know, um people are people are behaving or working reactively more than proactively, that they're seeing more more evidence of 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 of, of pessimism and They've just low batteries, I think, Graham, is is the way, you know, d- diminished and depleted energy. Yeah. Because people haven't recovered quickly enough from times of inevitable, you know, increase in workload or pressure, whatever that is. So yeah. they become less, less yeah. effective in dealing with it all. Are, are there any particular favorite techniques that you use in your coaching programs? Well, first of all, I mean, I, I generally do a combination of either group workshops to, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, create awareness in what actually is resilient. What are the elements that neuroscience and decades of research tell us actually, you know, uh, combine to define what is or isn't uh, or gives us resilience? So I, I do um, I, I, either or uh, workshops or individual one-to-one uh, coaching based on on psychometrics so you can actually measure individual or, or team resilience now and why that's useful is is awareness is everything so once people learn or they can certainly reflect in a coaching conversation exactly what they were doing whether they do were doing it unconsciously or consciously or not to actually fortify their resilience then they will just be encouraged to do more of that and 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 focus as much on what you are doing well as the things that you can actually add and develop. So, for example, um, some of the it, it's it's all about the beliefs and the 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 attitudes, the psychological elements of it, as well as the practical coping strategies. With you know, how can I even plan to head off what I anticipate might be stressful or more demanding than usual? How can I do that proactively? And then what are my recovery strategies? You know, and, and that can be a lifestyle thing. Do I get enough exercise outside of work? Have I got enough things where I can psychologically switch off from the pressures of life? You know, and do things that I find more satisfying, more fulfilling, those kind of things. So so it's making sure people know what they are, what they are currently doing that is contributing to their resilience and their coping with stressful moments and encourage them to do even more of that and then look at things like you know how can i literally create an even more positive mindset that's one thing i talk about an awful lot you mentioned a psychometric test yeah is that one that you would do online yeah absolutely yeah yeah and then um it's it's fully validated uh, a very reliable um psychometric which just helps people identify where they are in terms of um, what's contributing to their resilience. So uh, I've been using that, and, it, and it's amazing some of the light bulb moments that um, that go off. You can see even over Zoom when people when I, I, I do a coaching session over Zoom, you can see people reflecting on that. There's a lot of head nodding. Yeah, I don't do that as much, but yes, I do do that, and and that's really encouraging. And when people realise that how to achieve resilience or or embed it or enhance it, it's not as difficult or challenging 
as they would have thought when you actually put it together, when you draw it into, into consciousness and you actually develop some sort of plan or you know some additional coping strategies, that's when people get more motivated to do it because they know, A, what it is and what they need to do. Because I think the important thing is, and I'm sure, I think you and I have discussed this um, before in other, in other discussions, Graham, is that one thing with resilience is it, it's, it's very important that the client or clients realize that it, it's, there's a level of accountability on their part, which you would say in any coaching conversation. But uh, that's one of the key elements to having a successful resilience coaching conversation is that, you know, happiness is in your hands. It's an inside job, being positive and being strong um, in, in times of adversity and change is your ability to cope. And some of these coaching um, strategies are all available for you to implement. There's, there's definitely an increasing recognition recognition that we self-sabotage. There's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And any kind of tool in your context, a um, psychometric tool that raises the self-awareness of what resilience is, what they're good at it, what they're not so good at it, anything mm-hmm. like that does give focus and brings it to life. I can see that. Yeah, yeah and the other understandable mistake, um, some people make is that resilience is, is not a personality trait. It's not something we're necessarily born with. It is literally a skill that you can enhance and develop and strengthen over time. But that only comes with the awareness of knowing what the the key components of 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 resilience, human resilience are. So well it's it's it is undoubtedly true that performance is enhanced by stronger resilience. You, you spend yeah, more- yeah doing well than you would do reflecting on how badly you feel. So that that's just... Yeah. I, and with my therapy hand for a minute, Graham, is is when we t- talk about, I see a lot of clients that have anxiety, you know, the, the worries in your head. And if you actually break down what stress and anxiety is, it's a fear of not knowing if, you, if or how you're going to cope with a situation that you can either accurately anticipate or, like you say, you, you were overthinking and worrying about things that may never happen. But ultimately, it's a problem-solving skill. And that when we become emotional, we, we lose sight and focus and we, we, we get this emotional fog, typically, that something is we're not going to be able to cope with whatever that problem is. So that's one of the key things of resilience. It, it's, it, it, it's almost like a problem-solving skill. And that's where that that also feeds into where we can perform inside and outside of work much more effectively when we we develop the the ability to be more positive, to be more confident, that we can deal with all the the slings and arrows of life or or more specifically, um, you know, work-related challenges. It's very very interesting. I mean, what you're describing is the impacts of overwhelm, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, people are completely unable—not unable, but less able to operate because they're just not dealing with the, the tsunami of whatever it is that is coming at them. That's right. And you mentioned self-sabotaging before, which I see an awful lot of. And and when people are able to um, rationalise um, and then reflect and be more compassionate to themselves that's when their resilience goes up as well. You know, you can actually deal with these things. You know, you can reflect, you know, almost historically on the fact that whatever's troubling you now, what is it, whatever's 
eating away at your resilience at the moment. Let's just reflect on that for a minute. Do you have any good tips for helping people recognize when they're moving into a less resilient zone or where their resilience is taking a knock? Are there any typical signs that you can help people use to? Well, yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you, but but if you could urge everybody just to pause for a moment, because the last thing we do is when we get stressed, particularly when we're overwhelmed and, and we get, you know, um, a flurry of, of demands and work and expectations thrown at us all at the same time, our rational thinking goes out of the head and we, we just automatically almost um, work harder, some of us, some of the time. So it's, it's the ability, that mindful ability just to pause for a moment and take a breath and step back and then almost rationalize. I, 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 one, one technique that you'll be very familiar with, journaling almost, is never worry in your head. Write stuff down, but it's remembering, it's taking that momentary pause to stop for a moment and invest five, 10 minutes or an hour to plan this through. What is triggering me? Because identifying your your your, your triggers, your, your sources of stress or anticipating what they might be is, is an essential part of that. I love the phrase, don't worry in your head. I mean, the, the reality is lots of techniques, things like meditation and so on, mindfulness, they're all about emptying your head of those worries. Aren't they? And it works. It works to stop yeah. you getting into a downward spiral, a downward vortex. Of it, it works. And I, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for a very long time, and you had to sell and influence people based on, on studies. You know, it had to be evidence-based, and, and that's what I like about a lot of the techniques, well, all the techniques, that that we use and, and and I know what you use as well is all based uh, on evidence and and one of those things that there is countless studies on is literally just having a pen and paper and pouring your thoughts out on paper because you can order them you can prioritize them do they seem more or less rational than they were when in your head because your subconscious mind it thinks in pictures more than words so when you can bring subconscious fears into the conscious mind, you, you, you're better equipped to deal with them. Yeah, and that's again when the the cortisol levels start to to sort of drop a little, and you can pause and to reflect on 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 how do I, you know, how do I cope? How do I learn to uh, what other resources are available to me to deal with this problem? That is is weighs heavy on my back at this moment in time. Mike, we're coming to the end of this episode and yeah i really love hearing your experiences and your insights to resilience in the workplace if any of our audience want to find you or reach out to you to get more information get more insight how can they do that yeah well i'm on linkedin i have my website on mikeandrews.space uh, i'm down as an organizational resilience coach by the way at mike andrews coaching and therapy solutions um, because I also do hypnotherapy hypnotherapy for people that need a, a more deeper um where, where their their issues or their problems or their their stress triggers are a, a bit more deep seated. But also what I've been doing recently, I've been offering um free like lunch and learns for teams and organizations just to give them some awareness of what resilience is, what contributes to it, and where their teams may look to um individually and collectively fortify their own individual resilience so that's I, how you find me <laughs> thanks Mark. i can't think of a better way to spend a lunchtime than 
actually finding out about how you can perhaps just live a slightly happier life than you were before. Yes, a mindfulness hour. Yeah. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. The audience will too. Thank you. everybody. That was Mike Andrews, and we'll see you again next time on The Coaching Conversation. So there you have it, the latest edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hope you enjoyed it, hope you found it useful, and I hope it did what it set out to do. As promised at the beginning of the programme, here is a special offer for you, our loyal audience. If you reach out to me at gwileyatsaydream.com and mention this podcast, we'll make available to you a coaching programme for you and all your team at a 50% discount. So, where can you reach us? So it's definitely gwiley at sagegreen.com. You can also reach us at the executive mindset at sagegreen.com. And our website is clearly theexecutivemindset.co.uk. If you enjoyed this, do please leave us with a wonderful rating on Google. We'd really appreciate that. So nothing more for me to say now other than see you again soon. <laughs>